by Atop Boston, it's Celtics Express, where we bring you the latest in the quest for Banner 18. It's the Prince of the Parquet, the Captain of Causeway, the Governor of Green. Oh, wait, really? He quit? Okay, then. Here's your host, Jay Corwin. Welcome into Celtics Express, the only spot for you to find all the numbers, sounds, and chatter you need to be a responsible NBA fan in just 10 to 15 minutes. Spoiler alert, we'll run a little long today because of that bananas trade deadline. We come to you with recaps and previews several mornings a week. Keep track of us on iTunes, OTG Basketball, the website for all your NBA content on the daily. Check those guys out, Blog Talk Radio, and of course, at Celtics Express. On Twitter, on this trek into the Celtics beat, we'll be joined by Celtics studio host for 98.5, the sports hub in Boston, Sean Silver. We'll look back at Thursday night's crucial overtime win in D.C. We, of course, take a healthy bite out of the cornucopia of trades across the association. Well, mainly Cleveland. So many questions. What are the Lakers' plans? Are the Cavs better or worse? Maybe most importantly, when is Isaiah Thomas's tribute video at the Quicken Loans Arena in Cleveland? But first thing is first, my peoples, Kyrie Irving, 12 of Boston's last 17 points. He finishes with 28. The Celtics remain in sole possession of the Eastern Conference. They get a 110-104 overtime win over the Wizards in D.C. Thursday night. Coming off that disgusting game in Toronto, head coach Brad Stevens on the effort. It was really important, obviously, um, playing a good team. You know, really good game. You know, disappointed in how we ended regulation. Um, But I thought for the most part, um, you know, we were pretty locked in all night. Stevens referring to the Celtics looking like they had a stranglehold in the fourth quarter up 10 before blowing that lead. Jalen Brown netting 18 points. He was huge, including a massive three-pointer in overtime, a step-back corner three. Marcus Morris, 15 points as well, eight boards off the bench for Boston as he battled his brother Markeith. Boston now winners of five of the last six. Al Horford donating 12 points and seven boards in the victory as well. Newly acquired Greg Monroe saw 20 minutes of action, putting up 5.6 boards. Stevens saying, he likes what he sees. We simplified what we're doing for the most part just to certain actions that we had talked to him about. And um, I thought he did a really good job. You know, we'll, we'll continue to get more used to playing with him. Monroe speaking himself on the adjustment period in Boston. I don't think it'll take long. Um, I think that, um, you know, I'm comfortable with the place. You know, I, I'm familiar with the cause. So it's just about me getting to my own rhythm and then figuring out, you know, how to help this team. Um, you know, with, with, with my skills, and that's really it. We'll have more on Monroe momentarily for the Wizards. Bradley Beal with a career-high nine dimes in this one, 18 points. John Wall still out following his knee surgery. They had won five straight off his absence. Now losers of two in a row. Otto Porter led the way for the Wizards, an impressive 27 points and 11 rebounds. A major story, of course, Thursday, however, was off the court with the trade deadline. A flurry of moves highlighted by the Cavaliers and Lakers, swapping owners, GMs and ushers, and a few players as well. Kyrie Irving after the game. Asked about the wild afternoon. What did you think of? Uh, what did you think of Cleveland's moves today? Um, I'm in Boston. Thank, Thank you. Very great. Thank you very much. Thank you. What you didn't hear for that few seconds was Kyrie Irving shaking his head, looking around like, "Why the fuck are you asking me that question?" So that about sums up the attitude for Boston Thursday. Very quiet on trade deadline day. Plenty to talk about for us because Kyrie did quit his co-host halfway through our first Celtics Express show. So now it's up to me. Teddy, give me the goods. Got NBA on the brain? Call the sex line. 
Whoa there. That's Celtics Express Customer Service. Give us your take at 617-807-0013 to be heard on the show. Give us a call anytime right now. We welcome in Celtics studio host from 98.5, the Sports Hub in Boston. Always lucky to have him. Sean Silver with us on the program. Sean, what a day. How are you feeling? Still trying to work off my NBA trade deadline hangover, but I'm doing okay. How are you doing this morning? I hear that. Woke up a little dehydrated from all the excitement for sure, but uh, pounded some water and feeling like I'm ready to get back at it. Uh, A pretty wild game. Actually played some basketball on Thursday as well, Sean. Uh, Your thoughts on the overtime affair in the uh, government shutdown nation's capital? (laughs) Well, the Celtics and the the Wizards doing it again. I almost said the bullets there because uh, you know, I have an affinity for all things nostalgia. Uh, but we saw it last spring. It was a scintillating series. Uh, we may see it again this spring if uh, you know the cards uh, fall the way that they will. John Wall obviously not in action last night, so that takes a little bit of a shine off of whatever budding rivalry we have here. We also got the whole Morris twin saga. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of things folded into it. Needed that win last night coming off of uh, that disappointment in Toronto on Tuesday, and that's a whole other can of worms, certainly. Um, but considering Washington is one of the better teams in the Easter Conference, a rival, a team they may see in the playoffs, just getting it done on the road however way they did it, uh, whether it's you know three free throws at the end of the game for Kyrie Irving and a ridiculous step-back shot in overtime by Jalen Brown, uh, the Celtics proved their medal against Washington. Absolutely a huge game, and I think when we talk about high basketball IQs, we look at the opposite of that being a low basketball IQ. I think that's the Morris Twins, uh, pretty much summed up. Markeith with that foul on Kyrie uh, towards the end of the game, just absolutely terrible. Another horrible foul in overtime, but always fun when you get to see the brothers match up. Another big guy uh, in uniform for the Celtics, wearing the number 55, some nice symmetry. I thought he looked pretty good, although a bit out of shape for my taste, I thought maybe. I don't know. Greg Monroe, after his contract buyout with the Celtics, his first game, a bit of a delay as the Celtics kind of waited out the trade deadline. Plus nine, second on the team, and plus minus, Sean, 5.6 boards, 20 minutes. Your thought on uh, Big Monroe and his debut? Monroe looked pretty comfortable out there, um, you know, despite the fact that, yeah, he hadn't played in 10 days, and he was barely playing with Phoenix. But he did a lot of the things that you're going to see him do uh, night in and night out. I was surprised that he got 20 minutes, particularly when the pregame yeah. conversation, uh, Stevens was saying that he may or may not play. But you saw Stevens shorten up the bench last night, and it really seemed like he, he found a nice group off the bench when you add Jason Tatum uh, to that crew there. You can kind of dump the ball into Monroe. Marcus Morris is going to put up shots. Having Monroe there maybe diverts a little bit of the defensive attention away from Marcus Morris, who, again, wasn't particularly economical but did score some points. And maybe Terry Rozier doesn't have to feel like he needs to do a whole bunch of things. I mean, it's still nice to see him blossom and develop into a scorer and an intense presence out on the court. Uh, but him not having having to take the lion's share of shots with that second union is nice. And uh, I kind of look at this like, remember a couple of years ago, the Celtics were lauded for having two units, you know, who you could just throw out there against a team and, and wear them out. Uh, they've gotten away from that recently. I'm not going to say that that time is back. But the fun thing is, if you have a starting unit that you like, you have a bench unit 
that you're pretty confident in. And the fact that you now have a superstar on the team who can get you through in those big moments, unlike, say, a couple of years ago, uh, that's definitely a nice position to be in. Yeah, I think Monroe's size and skill was really palpable in the game. He really stuck out on the screen. A bit rusty, but I think you hit it on the head. He'll be a welcome addition. He was considering going to the Pelicans. He's, of course, from Louisiana. He got the torn Achilles for DeMarcus Cousins recently. He said it was a really tough call, but hard to resist Boston is what he said. I think one of the overlooked things for Monroe is his passing ability. So between him and Horford, and Horford also able to play some more power forward, getting out of that five spot, I think that's a pretty dynamic passing front court. So I think that'll be a huge edge. Another guy who could be headed to the Celtics, but there'll be a big demand here if he is bought out, which is expected to happen here in the near future. Joe Johnson, any thoughts on that? Well, I'd certainly love to redo what I consider a blunder uh, back in 2002 when the Celtics traded young Joe Johnson for Rodney Rogers and Tony Dell sure it helped, uh, for one year. But considering the career that Joe Johnson's had, man, I would have loved to see him in green for some amount of the last 15 years. At this point in his career, I mean, uh, he hasn't been used a whole lot uh, this year, but at, at least the last couple of years he did show that he could still be a guy who can fill it up uh, from time to time when a big bucket is needed. And we were talking about the Celtics' needs, uh, a guy who can space the floor and fill it up off the bench. Johnson, part of Cleveland's three-team deal yesterday. Johnson sent to Sacramento. He's looking to be bought out. 17 years in the league, over 16 points a game, four assists, four boards throughout that time. 32 games with the Jazz this season, just seven points, about 42% from the floor. Career worst, 27% from three-point range, but he is known as a professional scorer and could be a huge addition for Boston. But again, bidding looks to be intense for that. So we talk about now the elephant in the room, the elephant with LeBron James riding right on top of it, Sean. Thoughts on the Cavaliers' complete overhaul. It seems like they pulled the Celtics in the matter of minutes on Thursday. Cavs, Lakers, the major trade we saw, winners and losers. Your thoughts? You just made me laugh a little bit with the image of LeBron on top of an elephant. Yeah, right? Uh, <laughs> made me laugh a little bit yesterday when I saw what they were doing. But at the same time, I think Cleveland comes out a more talented ball club. Cavaliers, a bunch of guys who do one particular thing. Then you throw those five guys out on the floor together and say, play basketball, and you got tons of holes. It's like Charlie Brown's ghost costume from Halloween. (laughs) So uh, they got a bunch of guys yesterday coming in in trades who can actually do several different things on the basketball floor. I just think that the fit is going to be very key here. Obviously, it's very key when you export half of your basketball team and you get a whole bunch of new guys guys in they got a guy like Clarkson who I think would be great for their bench unit can handle the ball a little bit assuming you know LeBron doesn't play 48 minutes a game and play point forward the whole entire time George Hill a perfect point guard for Cleveland Mm. uh, can play off the ball and shoot some threes and defend a little bit and also Rodney Hood who may I guess may be the most talented overall player in that trade his contract situation uh, coming up I don't know if he's going to be in Cleveland for any amount of time, but uh, Cleveland added some stuff that this year could potentially help them more than a bunch of open, uh, broken down veterans. And uh, they'll have some guys around uh, for future seasons just in case LeBron leaves. Cleveland made three separate trades, Sean. Rodney Hood, Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance Jr., George Hill joined the team. Isaiah Thomas, a day after saying he didn't want to be traded again, he's headed to L.A. Jay Crowder goes with him. Channing Fry, Amon Shumpert, Derek Rose, Dwayne Wade, multiple picks heading out the door as well. 
Now, for the Lakers, this could go one of two ways. Are they clearing a ton of cap space for this season or maybe pushing towards next year? Of course, the word on the street is they'll try and make a big push for LeBron this summer. Yeah, and potentially Paul George if they have enough room to chase two big free agents. Uh, The Lakers are going to be interesting over the next few months. I mean, it doesn't really count for much. They're not going to win anything this year, but it certainly affects uh, their position in the draft lottery, which affects the Celtics. And also just seeing the whole Isaiah Thomas, Lonzo Ball thing unfold here. Uh, Apparently already a text message sent by Thomas's agent in all caps saying that he's (laughs) not going to come off the bench. And uh, the Lakers very much committed to Alonzo Ball as uh, a key player for them in the future. So (laughs) what's going to happen there? I mean, I would love to see Isaiah Thomas rehab his career somewhere. It's amazing that, uh, you know, after last year's performance that we're already talking about this guy rehabbing his career. But, you know, it would be nice to see him come back and maybe get paid a little bit this offseason. Maybe not a Brinks truck, but a U-Haul of some sort. Yeah, maybe one of those little U-Haul, like, pull-behind things that you can fit a a couple storage (laughs) bins in. I mean, this guy rose and fell from fame faster than Octomom, Sean. It's been pretty wild. Uh, IT's kind of rise and fall, but again, he still doesn't seem to figure out that just shut up and play ball. I mean, before you even get there, you're already saying you're not going to come off the bench. Why do you think you were traded from Boston and then traded again from Cleveland? So I'm pretty blown away by that. He clearly hasn't learned a lesson, and you do want to root for him, but at the same time, I mean, what are you going to do? All right, Sean, that Lakers-Cavs deal, obviously the biggest deal that we saw on trade deadline day Thursday. Plenty of other deals going down as well. I'm going to give you a trade, Sean. You either tell me don't care, kind of care, or care bears, meaning you're deeply invested. You think it uh, could be a major change in the NBA landscape. So let's start with the Knicks. They're hoping to give some new life to the career of Emmanuel Moutier. They acquired the former first-round pick from the Nuggets in a three-team trade. The Knicks send Doug McDermott to the Mavs, who traded longtime player Devin Harris to the Nuggets. Had a friend of mine say to me last night, did you even know that Devin Harris was still in the league? I yes, know. he is, and apparently is still pretty capable in his advanced age. Uh, I'm going to say really don't care on this one. Uh, Emmanuel Moutier, despite all the promise, has never really shown any sort of consistency or ability to stay off the injured reserve while with Denver. Now he's going to have that Knicks stink on him. It really seems like for, uh, I think he's on his fourth year this year, for a guy like that, uh, that that might be the uh, Grim Reaper coming for his career. Yeah, sure sounds like it. And that's exactly what I thought when I saw Devin Harris. Another guy I thought that about when I heard he was traded was Jameer Nelson. The Pistons adding the point guard classic out of St. Joe's with Delonte West of Celtics and LeBron James fame, of course. Pistons add Nelson and forward James Ennis. Detroit sends Willie Reed to Chicago in exchange for Nelson. And Bryce Johnson goes to Memphis for Ennis. Thoughts on this one? I'd say that I care about this trade. I won't go care bear, but it is part of a bigger picture here with the Blake Griffin addition. You're definitely seeing uh, everything go through Griffin in Detroit and him meshing pretty nicely so far with Andre Drummond. Some of the role players have been stepping up, like a Reggie Bullock or a Stanley Johnson night in and night out with the Reggie Jackson injury situation. Bringing in a steady veteran point guard like Jameer Nelson, that's pretty helpful. And Ennis will provide them a little bit of spacing. That's a big bugaboo for the Pistons is the three-point shooting. So I do like that trade for Detroit. doesn't make them a contender necessarily, but it makes them better. Point guard Alfred Payton on the move. He's been a guy I always thought was a pretty interesting player. I've kind of expected more from him. The Magic trade Payton to the Suns for a 2018 second-round pick. Any thoughts on that? The haircut, annoying as hell on that guy, but he's got some game. 
uh, kind of reminds me a, a little bit of a former Magic point guard and, and Jameer Nelson, the guy we just talked about, where, you know, he's not going to light it up for you. He's not going to get the gaudy assist number, but he's pretty solid. I'm not sure exactly what Phoenix's motivation is here. If he's a guy that's going to be in their picture for a while, if he, they think that he's going to start, I mean, they do have some other candidates there. Um, so, I mean, I, I kind of care. It's a, a player who has been at least shown to be productive in the NBA so far. And uh, for Phoenix, you know, maybe uh, <clears throat> maybe could be helpful down the line. For Orlando, oh, wow. <laughs> yep. Everything they've been doing since Dwight Howard, they just seem to be saying, well, this isn't particularly working. We're just going to kick the can down the road. We'll see what happens with Aaron Gordon. He could be a major trade trip here in the future. Um, one thing about Peyton, I might be alone, but all I see when I see him is just a guy with a big dildo on his head. I just, I just can't get away from it, Sean. I, uh, I really do like his game, but it does amaze me that someone's hair could just be down in front of their vision like that, and it's not a problem to them at all. Deals that didn't happen. The Clippers, Stan Pat, DeAndre Jordan, Avery Bradley, they stay there. Tyreek Evans, he's staying in Memphis for the time being. Uh, thoughts on the moves that didn't happen? Care Bear on those, I guess. I mean, it, it really shows that the uh, other than Cleveland, the NBA is really, really conservative right now. Uh, you got teams that first-round picks are very, very valuable to them, despite the fact that first-round picks, you know, if they're just regular old first-round picks and not definite top-five lottery-style picks, I mean, sometimes you get Giannis Antetokounmpo, sometimes you get Kelly Olenek, you know, picking <laughs> from a, a very similar spot in the draft. You wonder what, what people are doing here, but it really uh, seems to be an aversion to the salary cap and uh, the NBA just went crazy a couple of years ago in the summer of 2016 and now we're seeing that market correction could be headed for another lockout down the line who knows but for the interim uh, players who thought they were going to be getting paid this summer are going to be uh, probably getting a little bit shorter money that may apply to Marcus Smart yeah and Kemba Walker one I failed to mention as well I definitely thought he would be on the move he stands pat so for the Celtics, right back to work. A pretty interesting setup for the Celtics and Pacers in Boston on Friday night. The Pacers had their game at New Orleans Wednesday postponed due to a leaky roof. So they haven't played in several days. They were chilling in their hotel room last night. Meanwhile, the Celtics in D.C., nationally televised game overtime. They head back to Boston late night. That sets up tonight's game. Should be an interesting one. The Celtics have had the Pacers number of late. Victor Oladipo expected to be back after being sick. Thoughts on this one? The Celtics have generally had success against Indiana in recent years, but they're showing that they're a pretty tough matchup for Boston. Uh, it will be nice to be back at the Garden after a little jaunt down the road, but uh, in this particular setup here, coming off a of back-to-back, you got to be uh, pretty confident in uh, some of your bench players to contribute tonight. Maybe we'll see a little more of, say, like a Chemi Ojale uh, coming in to provide some shutdown defense and maybe a couple of made three-pointers. Last night he clearly needed a rest, uh, but the Celtics on a back-to-back will need to incorporate a few more players off their bench, and hopefully that won't dilute the talent level on the floor for any amount of time and they can pull out the win over Indiana. Sean, we appreciate your time. As always, have a glorious weekend. We will talk to you soon. Hope you do as well. That is the one and only Sean Silver. Catch up with him on Twitter at the Silver Fox. 
The depth of the Celtics will certainly be tested tonight at TD Garden with the Pacers in town. Pacers six in the East, thirty and twenty-five. Celtics still adopt the Eastern Conference at forty and sixteen. That'll be a seven thirty tip-off. The Celtics have won their last six games against the Pacers, two of them this season, both in Indianapolis, including that December eighteenth game with a wild finish where we saw Terry Rozier strip the Pacers, go down and flush it for the win. Darren Collison remains out for Indiana. Victor Oladipo back in the lineup as he comes off an illness. Marcus Smart out again for the Celtics. With that, we wrap another episode of Celtics Express. We thank our producer, Teddy Tuhat, our guest, Sean Silver, our legions of fans, and of course, Dr. James Naismith. Find us, as always, on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, OTG Basketball, and on Twitter at Celtics Express. Remember, if you must eat those Tide Pods this weekend, they are delicious. Please know when to say when. Until next time, I'm your host, Jay Corwin. We'll see you at the Garden.